Welcome to the Shira Kama Extractive Podcast. My guest today is Dr. Musong Kodi. Musong is a researcher and a consultant. He's also a member of the International Academic Advisory Board of the International Anti-Corruption Academy. He was formerly an Associate Fellow of Chatham House and held senior management positions in Transparency International and Amnesty International. Musong, it's a pleasure to have you and welcome to the Sheila Kama Extractive Podcast. Thank you very much, Sheila. It's always a pleasure to uh, talk and discuss uh, all these uh, matters of interest to all of us. That's wonderful. So I thought as a citizen of the DRC with a lot of experience in governance issues that you could give us uh, an insight into the policy landscape in uh, the DRC. And so my first question is, could you just succinctly tell us about the policy framework for local content in mining in the DRC? The uh, DRC is a newcomer into uh, this space. For a long time, the country just concentrated on uh, maximizing revenue from taxation in the mining sector. It's only in 2017 that the DRC passed a law on subcontracting in the private sector. This was the first major effort of the DRC aiming at regulating local content. And so this new dispensation, is it focusing on communities or is it focusing on large scale manufacturing? The stated objective of the law is to build a Congolese middle class through the creation of small and medium sized enterprises. And secondly, to reduce poverty and inequalities in the mining communities and possibly beyond these communities. So, you know, there are local content policies and then there are local content policies. And so in your view, what do you think distinguishes the DRC policy on local content from those of other countries in the region particularly? What distinguishes this DRC policy, it's it's a very narrow approach to uh, local content. It focuses on subcontracting. It doesn't have the larger vision that other mining or the local content policies have. It's not driven by a vision with clear objectives and goals, defining local content and how it fits into the larger scheme of the economic development of the country. So it's very narrow in its focus and it's not either strategic. That's interesting. So can you define for our listeners what what you mean by it focuses on contracting because that sounds to me like creating a, an arrangement in which Congolese citizens are merely agents of foreign suppliers. Am I correct? The uh, law makes it clear that that's not the case. 
uh, they want to develop a number of small and medium-sized enterprises that would compete with international providers to the mining sector. But its limitation is that it doesn't have a clear view of what needs to be done, what objectives are, and what the steps are in the uh, short, medium, and long term. It unfortunately is not based on a clear analysis of the needs of the mining sector, the capacity, the existing capacities in the DRC in terms of the infrastructure to provide the needs of these uh, mining companies. It doesn't look either at the uh, existing skills in the country and the possibility mm. of developing them further. So yeah, it so has those very clear limitations, which a lot of other countries have uh, attempted to uh, address. So that suggests a certain, not just limitation, but certain potential, potentially superficial nature of the initiative. And, and it makes me wonder, you know, in some countries, a widely held view is that local content policies are really just either an exercise in political correctness or a vehicle used by those in power to reward party loyalists and the national elite. What has been your observation of the DRC approach and how it may or may not fit in this profile? I think it fits in uh, this profile. When you look at the law and the very superficial nature of uh, definitions and uh, its uh, goal, and you also take into account the political economy of the country, it's quite clear that those who will be able to take advantage of the law are the ones who have connections, the ones who have the means to uh, provide some of the uh, needs of the uh, companies. There's no, the uh, law does not provide clearly for a uh, small and medium enterprises fund, which would allow those who are not in the elite to also accede to uh, local content. So it's quite clearly in this case, I feel that this will be just another scheme for those in power, those in con with connections to build up their positions in the sector and also serve the uh, supporters in the political parties. So um, one of the stated objectives of the concept of local content, notwithstanding national policies, is that countries have a right to leverage their mineral oil and gas resources to create a groundswell of manufacturing and service delivery uh, infrastructure. And in the DRC, given the extreme mineral wealth of your country, 
How do you think the limitations you have referred to could be addressed in order to ensure that the delivery out of the local content policy is achieved? I think the first step is uh, really to define nationally what we want to get from local content in the country and follow that with an inclusive analysis of uh, what's on the ground, what can be done in the short, the medium term to reach the goals that everybody has agreed for local content in the country. So my advice to uh, my fellow Congolese is to revisit what is really a first step. Nobody gets it right the first time around. They should revisit it, learn lessons from other African countries that have made progress in this and uh, adapt the best practices that are found in uh, a lot of the countries on the continent, but also beyond on other continents. The country, as you said, has huge, huge reserves of all kinds of mineral, and it certainly can leverage it to improve the well-being of its people if local content is seen as an opportunity to get a lot of their people out of poverty and improve the infrastructure and the industries around the mining sector. So there is um, the stated aspirations written on paper and touted at uh, political rallies. And for that matter, written in uh, academic journals. And then there is the a genuine political will and commitment to use resources, as you said, to better the lot of the DRC citizens. In your view, you know, how much political will is there behind this policy? I don't think there is a great deal of political will behind it. One clue of this is that the law, the uh, structure that is in charge of uh, local content is considered as a service, as a unit of uh, one junior ministry. That's the ministry in charge of small and medium enterprises. That tells you, and that ministry doesn't have the means or the political clout to bring in senior ministries like the Ministry of Mining, the Ministry of Petroleum into this space to discuss this. It's too big an initiative for a junior ministry to take up, which shows that there's really not enough political will to carry this out. An interministerial initiative like this one, from my experience of uh, the DRC, must be carried from the prime minister's office or even the president's office for it to have all the weight that it needs. And the regulatory structure should not be part of a ministry. It should be independent, not only mm on paper, but 
also in reality on the ground. So it's interesting because actually uh, in listening to you, uh, I, I detect certain contradictions. So structurally, it seems to me that given best practice, actually taking local content outside of the ambit of mining is the right thing because local content is not a mining thing. It's an industrial development and an enterprise Absolutely. development. So in that Absolutely. sense, I think we, we can give the Congolese authorities credit for recognizing that. The yes. irony, however, is that that ministry is subservient to the mining ministry and others because given the order of magnitude of mineral wealth in the DRC, I can't imagine that a local content policy would be effective unless it has the full muscle that is consistent with the uh, economic potential of the mineral resources. So on one level, I agree with you, but on another, I do think we should recognize that uh, some structural element here is absolutely spot on. So, but be that as it may, you know, local content can't happen in isolation of the private sector. In your view, what then do you think might be the role of mining companies in the DRC in helping bridge some of the limitations on a policy and institutional level? For the private sector, in an environment where there's obviously not enough political will to move this forward, to try to step forward and uh, try to, do, to fill in the gap, left by the government. The yeah, DRC has a very active chamber of minds, which could play a better role in this. But beyond that, there are other organizations that could also play a major role in the consultations and uh, in putting together a revised local content policy. Civil society organizations working in the uh, sector can also play a major role in this. There are examples of uh, initiatives that uh, the private sector has taken in a lot of countries that the DRC can learn from, the private sector in the DRC can learn from. We know very well about uh, the uh, Newmont uh, scheme uh, a half of linkages program in Ghana, which is, uh, aims at uh, developing local, micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises that could provide goods and services to the uh, mining sector. The Jimele scheme of Anglo-American in South Africa is another example from which the Congolese can learn. And far beyond the continent, valleys, uh, Innove project in Brazil is another thing I think that Congolese can learn from. So the private sector can play a major role here, especially since the uh, government is not taking the leadership role that it should take. That is interesting. So here's my last question to you. you you've uh, given us some indication of where lessons might land for the DRC, and I'm familiar with the three cases that you cite. They are certainly worth on many levels emulating. So do you perceive that there is any lesson that others might draw from 
the DRC. The lessons that can be learned from this is uh, what you mentioned before, going beyond just the mining, oil, and uh, gas sectors. There's a, uh, an effort here that should be recognized to uh, make the law applicable to other sectors beyond mining. And I think this is quite a plus and something that other countries can uh, learn from. Other countries can learn also from the mistakes that have been made and uh, which have uh, mentioned some of them. One cannot uh, overemphasize the need for a strategic approach, which would be based on a robust assessment of the needs of the companies, of what is available in terms of skills and whatnot, and a vision for developing skills, small and medium enterprises in the country that would serve not only the mining sector, as it's been done in other countries, but to be able to uh, look widely and do uh, ser service other sectors. Another thing is the uh, definition of the local. I think the country would gain a lot by uh, defining local more widely because the capacities are not on the ground. It should be at least national, not limited to the mining areas. And better still, the DRC shares the copper belt with Zambia. I could see synergies being built between the two countries that have the same kinds of minerals, copper, cobalt. There's no reason why local content could not be defined more widely to take advantage of uh, these synergies that can be built in the region. That's uh, a nice uh, note to end our conversation. I have enjoyed listening to you and hope that our listeners will too. Thank you very much for your time and I look forward to our continued dialogue as we continue on the Shilakama Extractive Podcast Series. Thank you and it was nice to have you, Musong. Thank you very much, uh, Sheila. Thank you for having me.